<clears throat> oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. I love it. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's you just blew my mind. Yes, and we are back. We're back in the saddle, dude. All the shows this week have been amazing, and this is going to be one of them. You guys are going to be excited when we get it going. Uh, real quick, uh, super excited to announce that Comedy Chaos, which is, forget that one. Uh, guys, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Blue Chew. That's right, dog. Boner Pills are here on Tim Foil Hat. I love boners. Do you like boners, XG? Who doesn't love boners, man? Come on, early in the morning. I like hard ones. I like ones (laughs) you can shank people with. And trust me, I love taking boners. I'll be at the gas station. I'll see a boner pill, and it'll be like, it's got a rhinoceros on it, and it's like... 50 MGAs. I don't even know what that is. I take it. Now, here's the problem. Next day, my legs hurt. My back's bad because it's not good stuff. Not with our sponsors today. Blue Chew. That's right. Blue Chew is a sponsor of the Tinfoil Hat Podcast. And if that doesn't let you know the serpents are winning, I don't know what is. Okay? It's all coming together. Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code BlueChew. That's B-L-U-E-C-H. EW.com, promo code TINFOIL, and you will get, <coughs> you'll, they're, they're going to hook you up, bro. They're going to hook you up. They have they're some crazy shit. Of they have some crazy shit. They have some shit that says 28 times. For, dude, they'll ship you crazy. for free, dude. They're going to ship you stuff for free. No, actually, what are they doing? That You get your first shipment for free, and after that, just pay $5 shipping. <coughs> Blue Chew, it's the best. You're a young guy. You rock boners in the wind, right? Fuck yeah. Okay, as a guy like this, I got to get in shape. I, got, I need a little help. I like just boners, dude. I just I like to just sit there and be like, oh, shit, we got a boner. We got a situation. <laughs> That's why I love it. I've tried Blue Chew on my other podcast. We, prefer, we did it here. Blue Chew is the best boner pill in the world. Just go to bluechew.com and use the promo code TINFOIL. Uh, a lot of amazing things coming up. Go on. It's made in America. Dude, finally, <laughs> something made in America. Like, the other day, I saw they busted, like, a shipment of crystal meth coming into the country. And I'm like, we can't even make crystal meth anymore? Nope. I mean, as a country, we've given up on making crystal meth. But you know what we haven't given up? Rock hard boners. And guess who's got the best boners in the world? America. Okay? America. (laughs) Even people from foreign countries who come here and live here rock American boners. Well, I mean, the Middle East always be asking for them. You've heard about them making deals for some boner pills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll hook you up if you sound. So listen, if you live in the Middle East, you love this show, talk to me. I'm going to talk to the people at Blue Chew, and we're going to get you some boner pills. Uh, that's really all the business I want to do. Oh, no, no. And our friends at BetDSI, go to BetDSI, use the promo code, uh, what is it, HAT100, and they are going to match anything you do. Deposit into the into the depo- into your account up to five hundred dollars. Now, some of you guys have complained you can't get your money out. Here's the thing: do not opt in 
to the bonus. Don't opt into the bonus. And if you don't opt into the bonus, boom, you get your money after you win. If you opt in, you got to bet so much. And then that's how it goes. That's just the way it is. That's just how it is. Uh, how are you? I'm good. What's good. new? Shirts coming out. Everything's doing good. How was you were out of town. How Dude, was it? Oh, it was great, man. I shot a show for the uh, CW, so which really makes me a shill. You yeah, know? Yeah. I was on the CW, which makes me the uh, most unfuckable person on the CW. <laughs> it's just smoking hot Instagram models, twinks, and uh, your good friend, uh, Uncle Unfuckable. And, uh, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm so excited. It will come out in J- July, and we did it on the Montauk Project. Which is insanity, and we're gonna do a project. We're gonna do an episode on that. But enough of that. We don't want to talk about the past, even though we're gonna discuss that on this show. We want to talk about what's happening right <laughs> here, and uh, I'm very excited because we're about to do part three of the, the 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 topic we can't get enough of, and that's Anunnaki, eagle versus serpent, and uh, backed by popular demand, one of uh, TFH's favorite. Favorite guest, Matt LaCroix. How are you, Matt? Matt, can we hear great, you? Great, Sam. I appreciate you, you saying that. I really do. It's great to be back here for another discussion. We're going to either end out or continue with part Oh, there's going to be a million. Dude, these are going to be like Disney, War, Disney and Star Wars. And joining us, biting at the bit, is one of my favorite people on the planet. I have uh, many long, long talks with him, and uh, he's got a lot of great projects going on. And uh, I consider him a good friend, and I'm super happy he's on the, the, the show uh, from the Conspiracy Farm. My good friend and yours, Mr. Jeffrey Wilson. How are you, Jeffrey? I'm doing very well, man, as always, every single day above ground. A good day. And just, you know, thankful to be alive. Thankful to be sitting here chopping up with you guys. What's up, XG? I don't think we have necessarily formally met or chopped it up before. Oh, but what's uh, up, man? thanks How's for the going? invite, man. Anxious for this conversation. Well, uh, Jeffrey was kind enough to make this connection happen. He's the whole reason we, we, we connected with Matt. So it's only fitting that he joins the, uh, the Monsters of Rock Dream Team podcast. <laughs> uh, Matt, yes, still nothing on the walls. You're still creeping with weird <laughs> serial color killer. Bl- oh, what do we got there, Matt? Look at us. Two weird things on your wall. What are those? There's just there just some various books and some paintings and stuff. I don't have anything actually hung on the wall, but <laughs> Matt, please don't go on a serial killing spree, please. I just feel like we're gonna be. He was a nice guy. He was great on the podcast. I don't know why he started eating Girl Scouts. It just got weird. <laughs> um, so Matt, uh, Jeffrey, real quick, can we talk about the radio thing, or is that not talkable yet? No, I mean, it's just we've been offered an opportunity to basically book and schedule a few radio stations here in the Midwest. And, um, you know, you know, with terrestrial radio, you got a lot of scared companies. No, no knock to them. But iHeartRadio, you know, Clear Channel, et cetera, they don't necessarily want to mess with sponsors and take risks like we're going to be taking. The lineup what we are assembling is going to be that you just haven't heard anything like it, man. It's going to be awesome. Not just conspiracy, world politics, survival stuff, health and wellness stuff. A little bit of everything, man. So there will be more information to come on that, though. But, yeah, that's what's going down. What What if the revolution is podcasted from Iowa? What if that's where it begins? <laughs> this could be huge. I could well, see this as, being as a big know, story. It almost doesn't matter where you are. With the interweb, you can your message can translate literally everywhere through the old wireless signals there. So, you know, it's going to be kind of the Midwest area, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, 
But again, you know, with the brands that we have going on and going to be coming on with us, they already are heard throughout the country, if not the world. So we're just going to be providing, you know, some content to a certain area of the, of the world, of the country that may not be hearing this stuff. Well, you know what, man? I'm super excited. Uh, you've asked us to be a part of it. We will do that. Yes, sir. And with that, thank you. I just want to get into this, Matt. Where do we start? Uh, we're just going to sit back, make a couple comments here and there. But Matt, do what you got to do. Where do we start with the part three? Uh, Anunnaki serpent. I'm Team Serpent for life. I came up with this as the new for thing life. right here for life. That's the new thing. And then this is this is. <laughs> This is serpent. This is eagle. Boom. Who's a gah? Gah. There we go. Where do we go? Where do we start, Matt? All right. Well, I just want to say uh, first and foremost, I appreciate Jeffrey joining us for this great conversation because he can bring a lot to the table. Um, and of course, you, you too, Sam and XGA. Thanks a lot. So where we we left off last time, we did part one and two. And today we're going to continue with part three. And I'm calling this the conquering of the Americas and the destruction of the serpent civilizations. Okay. And I think that this episode of all the three we've done, this may touch the the nerve or the heart, depending on how you want to look at it, of a lot of different people. Because we're going to be breaking the lid off of what really happened with these conquistadors who we're still celebrating as heroes falsely in our in our culture today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring the madness of what they of what they really did when they came here, and we're gonna break down this eagle and serpent war that's been that's been going on on the on the planet for thousands of years. So I guess let's jump in, right? Well, Hi, real Sam. quick before we start, for those who might be just tuning in for the first time, explain as quickly as you can what the eagle represents and what the serpent <laughs> represents. Okay, so. These are two symbols that have very, very powerful meanings. Um, and you can go down, you can go to very deeply with uh, the levels of how far back they go. The first depictions we have of eagle um, symbolism can be found all the way back in Mesopotamia, where we have these images of what we consider these Anunnaki gods and all these various images of these eagle-headed, um, eagle-headed wisdom bringers, you could call them, and all these things back in the day. And of course, we have serpent um, symbolism that goes just as far back to the very beginning. So we're talking about symbols that go back more than 20,000 years. Okay, so what do they mean, right? We got to break this open and we got to separate maybe what the biblical versions have been so we can get the truth out here. The The symbol of a serpent has, besides when it became demonized and we became inverted later on, but it originally always from the beginning, it meant wisdom, um, ob- obtaining higher knowledge, obtaining balance. It was it was basically how do you how do you obtain higher states of consciousness? That's what the symbol of the serpent represents. Whereas the symbol of the eagle does not represent freedom and sovereignty and all these things we've been told. It actually represents conquering, controlling others, dominion, ruling over them. You know ruling over them with a what, it's like the high, what's, how, how would you describe it Overlord, over yeah. over well, how do you describe it unless it's like it's like well think, think of it this way the the eagle is the highest flying bird of all right so it sees everything <clears throat> oh, that's okay. what that really all means. seeing it represents power. it having control all as opposed to ben franklin wanting the turkey as the original symbol like yes, you said yes yes that's yes. right and we're gonna we're gonna get into that as we get down into the into the the freemasons and, and, the, and the founding fathers when they came to the country so 
I, and I want to throw this out there just to start so you can get an idea of how extensive these um, these symbols have been throughout our, our history. Um, I want to give you a list of some of, not all of, the various flags and crests throughout um, the past that have had an eagle or a phoenix on them. Okay, okay? yeah, let's and go down the list. Back. Go ahead, Sam. Go, let's go down the list of these flags. Okay, and this what this represents, it means most of the time these cultures and civilizations that had an eagle or a phoenix on its flag or crest became a warring empire just like we're talking about with what the eagle really represents okay so and this might blow people's minds and i want people to go online and, and go look go look up eagle flags throughout history or various different names you could give of that maybe actually can pull that up eagle flags um oh, here we go. Well, we're talking about this as we go well there's you what can find that images one? that show all of them like the i'm about to one. go over right now mm-hmm. not just um that one wow these are amazing so yeah, go on. So let me We're give listening. you a list of some of, of some of them that have had the, the eagle and phoenix. Um, Albania, Austria, Colombia, Czech Republic, Egypt, England, France, Germany, Iraq, Libya, Mexico, Moldova, Montenegro, Philippines, Poland, Romania, Russia, Serbia, Spain, United Arab Arab Emirates, the United States, and Yemen. So we're talking about over 20 different countries. Wow. There you go. That have that have had Click on um, that eagle again, flags and crests since the very beginning. Um, wow. And it really tells the story of it. Wow. Look at that. Okay. So in, in, in most cases, um, those countries that had those symbols became warring empires. Okay. And, and look today at what's become the great conqueror of our world, the United States, which, you know, on its, its original flag, it has this mighty eagle holding, you know, the, the 13 different um, original states through or the, the, the they 13 formed, families, different things. the 13 families that rule the world. That's right. The thirteen bloodline families of the Illuminati. Isn't yeah. that and the 13, 13 arrows that the the eagles holding on to? Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now before I go, go any further, I want to just throw out um, a little bit of information that people really might be rather surprised about. the The name America does not come from this um, Italian explorer. We're told. Is, his name was Americus Vespucius. Okay, we're told that this American explorer is the one who is where the name America came from. It's at, it's one of these deceptions. We're told mm-hmm. if you if you what we're about to go over. If you look at what the indigenous cultures called this region, if we're talking about um, North America down through Mesoamerica into South America, they all had this name that they used to describe the region, and they called it Amaruca. Now tell me if you think if they are if they pre um, they're they are much much older than this Italian explorer that came here and they had the name Amaruca they were they were using to call the region. Where do you think the name came from? Oh, because for the name sure. Amaruca means land of the plumed or feathered serpent, and that's what, what we're about to go over and talk about all this. And so we've been dis- even deceived all the way down to the very beginning of even where the name America came from. Oh and so that's where it's going to start is. Yeah, you look that shit up and, and it's how the entire up. history of what we know. 
Google. This is this is like literally the psyops of all fucking psyops. It is the psyop. We've been talking about that, Jeffrey, about how basically it's this is what it all really comes down to, right? It, I mean, it is the Matrix. It literally, I think one of you guys said it, and I think the Matrix was a documentary, dude. I mean, for real. It, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's unbelievable. <laughs> no, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> and so, what we can, what we find is this. When you go back to the very beginning, you see that oh wow, so the eagle, the eagle and serpent symbolism isn't just from you know the last several hundred years. It actually goes back to the very beginning. And what it meant was, it meant how these civilizations were being ruled either what started them or even in some cases what corrupted them. Like you can see with the flag of Mexico, with that the eagle holding and, and, and tearing apart the serpent, okay? That tells, that's a very telling story of what we're about to get into. So we're going to go back to the beginning of the Americas because we've already covered a lot of the rest of the world, but we, we left the Americas because it, it falls into this entire other category that needs to have its story told in one, in one part to not lose anything. But... Um, so the Americas, the original name for the Americas was Amaruka, meaning the land of the plumed or the feathered serpent. And, oh and that's what God. we're about to get into. Oh, my God. Okay. What's a feathered serpent? Are we talking dinosaurs? Right? A feathered serpent, Sam, is if you have a serpent and the serpent represents this metamorphosis of higher consciousness, what is feathered or plumed but a dragon? The when So if you have... It, this metamorphosis idea behind look look at the uh, caduceus medical symbol that you see on ambulances and hospitals. You have this 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 serpent with that's curled, co- coiled around with wings at the top. It's always been about this metamorphosis of human consciousness, oh, so that uh, we can transform ourselves into a higher state. That's what the serpent is. It's the beginning before it transforms into the dragon. Okay, so uh, when you when you talk about a plumed or a feathered serpent. All you're talking about is the metamorphosis of the serpent into its highest form, which is the dragon. Okay, and both the dragon and the serpent have been demonized for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Okay, we think about all, how many things represent the dragon is this evil thing that's guarding treasure. I mean, going this, back to going back to the original sin, like you know the decide the decision to, you know between good and evil and and enlightenment was between you know this the serpent, but was yeah. the bad guy in that whole yeah. scenario. Yeah, people are one hundred percent. That's unbelievable. See that's what, what I mean? I'm saying. The psyop of all psyops. I mean, that goes to the very essence of religion and cosmology and why are we here and eternal life, et cetera, et cetera. And they completely have inverted the whole fucking that's thing. Right. It's really insane. Jeff is is dead on. Essentially, what happened is you had powerful organizations, mostly through some of these. Um, these, the church and some of the corruption that occurred with some of these elite families where they decided, hey, I have a great idea. Why don't we just hide all of the ancient history stuff? Not just not just through suppression and locking it away in the Vatican archives, but let's just invert everything to the complete opposite so that people don't even know what the truth is. So that they look at they think nothing's connected. Okay. And that's what's happened. So we're we're taking back history, my friends. Yes, I yes, <laughs> we are. Fuck. That's so crazy, dude. Because oh, like you said, it goes back thousands of years. Dude. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 Jeffrey. Does, go on. Go on. Go on. Sorry. Sorry. Go on, Jeffrey. No, no. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, Matt's on a roll, and I know we don't have shit tons of time. Um. So <laughs> I want to. I want to throw out to um the the first little piece of info before we jump into this. But so um 
there have been these continuous cycles of destruction and dramatic changes that have gone on the earth for the last, you know, 50 to 100,000 years. It's this cycle up and down, these natural cyclical processes that occur, okay? And you can see that with Greenland ice core samples. And what, what, you know, why does that matter? Well, the reason it matters is because these disasters have destroyed civilization after civilization. So when what we perceive as, oh, we perceive as the Inca and the Maya and the Aztec are actually their ancestors. And I'm, I'm about to get into that. It's going to help people really understand why these cultures end up doing what they did and then how they ended up becoming conquered. So the Hopi, the Maya, and the Aztec all claim that there have been at least three different previous ages of mankind, oh which means God. you have an, an age of mankind that becomes sophisticated and advanced, becomes destroyed, and then another one emerges reaches another certain point where they they reach knowledge and they build all these incredible structures then they become destroyed and then it gets reset again so try to wrap your heads around that this is the third or fourth age of mankind that we're living in right now which means if we were to have a, a disaster occur right let's just say a huge asteroid hit the earth today and the whole world was knocked out of power and there was all these disasters and we were all wiped out except for maybe just the indigenous cultures that could still survive because we have hunting and gather skills and we have largely lost our understanding of how to survive on the planet, right? But let's say that happened and we were all destroyed. And then thousands of years later, we, we could be in the same situation that another culture could emerge that didn't even believe we ever exist in the first place. Yeah. How mind blowing mm-hmm. that to wrap your head around. Well, you know, it's like we said in the last show, it's like, that's the scene for the matrix where, you know, Neo meets the architect and he's like, wow, you're different than the other one. And he shows like the nine other that have come before him where they just, they develop it. They get either too small or complacent or they get angry and they destroy it. Then they start it up again. And, and uh, I, 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 what, I wouldn't doubt again that. the the roots of the roots of the mind fuck is like like you said in the beginning, Sam. We have come and gone. I mean, going back possibly several hundred thousand years, and to, to that they that they again through these Abrahamic cults. No disrespect to anybody who loves you know religion or whatever, but they have completely inverted reality. Through you know you have billions of people who think are literally taught i'm sorry again i don't mean to keep prefacing with apologies a false reality billions of people and they teach us you know no there was no other previous civilization we started from these knuckle dragon simpletons to now we're so fucking sophisticated as opposed to we've been dope the whole fucking time but they've been trying to keep us from this crazy shit that's right it's a great point go ahead sam it's no matt go on i mean like dude it's mind-blowing it's just the whole thing's a lie you know it's just like the Anunnaki, I mean, we just had, you know, Randall Carlson on who basically, through his point of view, confirmed that there was some some major catastrophe event basically wiped out life on the earth or wiped out a lot of the earth. And <clears throat> then you put those yeah, pieces right. with you and it's like, wow, you know, now we got it all comes together, man. It's like the more and more you learn this, the more you think, oh, there's all these 80 different conspiracies. And then the more and more and more you look at it, the more and more they are, they're not all different conspiracies. They're just but it, it all always pieces. always begs the huge question with any of these huge conspiracies. Why? Why are they doing this? And like I've said before, and that's on my freaking cover page of my Facebook page, Morpheus holding up the battery cell. We're just fuels for the fucking machine. 
people losing their mind over the NFL draft. No disrespect to you like the NFL draft, but it's like, really? Well, I'm a I mean, Raiders fan, there's, so there's of course I was like, really? Things you, could, you could focus your time on, right? And you can balance it out. I get it. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, but it's just like, I, I don't know. Well, you know, not, hey, man, I'm going to tell you different. something. We just did some shit on the CW show that ta- is really into batteries, dude, and really into that. And you like go, wow, there it is again. I can't get too much into it out of respect for the show, and I want everybody to see it, but... Man, I mean, this theme keeps coming up over and over yeah. and over and over and over again, dude. Go on, yep. Matt. And so, but here's, but here's, so here's what happened. You were talking about Randall Carson. He's talking about these cataclysms that occurred, what was called the Younger Dryas. Okay, and it's not that complicated. We had an ice age 12,000 years ago on the planet, and when that ice age ended, it ended so abruptly from a comet strike and other various changes that it, it, it was one of the catalysts that led to the destruction of the last, the last of these ancient civilizations that were, that were wiped out, okay? And a lot of the new, the new data, though, that's coming back that a lot of researchers like Brian Forrester and, and Graham Hancock are talking about is that what we think of as the, uh, we think of as the Inca and um, the Egyptians and all of these other other cultures, they're actually the, the ancestors of previous, more sophisticated civilizations that they simply just had to piece together all the information they had. And every subsequent time, we lost more and more information till we eventually became what we are now, which is somewhat ignorant of what actually happened back then. And you could okay? see that in the construction so, down there, some of those things too, like the way the, the base of a lot of these structures are completely mind-blowing, how, the, how they were able to do this with some of these rocks and the formations, and then some of these more rudimentary formations were built on top of that. Like you said, it's something that was obviously came before. Exactly. Well, so, he's, so he's talking, what Jeffrey's talking about is, if you look at a place like Machu Picchu, Okay, you in, in in places in Machu Picchu, you can see this clearly, clearly, clearly. There's all this building with these small little cobble rocks, right? And then there's this, these one areas with these massive blocks that are perfectly, perfectly designed that that don't look like anything else around them. And right on top of them, you see this other very simplistic building where you can say, "Oh, well, well what happened?" Well, what happened was those advanced civilizations were destroyed by these cataclysms. And then the indigenous people of the region moved back in long after, and they found all these sites that were all destroyed and, and, and knocked over with jungle growing all around them. And they, and they, they said, ah, and they found some of the wisdom and knowledge they left and they tried to recreate them, but they couldn't. So what, so when we, we say, oh, I can't believe the Aztec were doing blood sacrifice and, and war. I thought they were supposed to be these enlightened these enlightened cultures no that's the ancestors who were corrupted later on and we're going to go into that right now so don't use the more recent indigenous cultures as as a way to judge what these ancient civilizations were were back then okay are the new lasers that they're using to uncover the stuff in guatemala is that gonna bring out more of this ancient civilization shit yeah, you've heard so, of that, right? Like the was, lasers. So you're talking about the Mayan territory, and just like just like we were we were mentioning, Jeffrey and I were talking about with the Inca, you see the same thing in the Maya. You see this this larger building in some parts of these structures with this more this more primitive building right on top. And then, so what do most people say? Oh, look, here they built this, right? 
No, this is multitudes of different cultures that build on top of each other. That's why when you see obelisks and these different structures in Egypt, and you see the, the hieroglyphics and the writing on them, and some mainstream archaeologists, archaeologists will say, look, these are the dynastic Egyptians that did this. No, they just moved in after and claimed them to try to say they built them. Like the Great Pyramid of Giza, that we're still told is called Khufu's Pyramid, even though it has nothing to do with Khufu the Pharaoh at all. You know, it's okay? like it's like uh, the bears that are moving into houses in Detroit. <laughs> They're like, I built this shit. You're like, oh, you didn't build that at all, dude. You didn't build that. You just moved in. Like, no, nah, I built yes. it with my hands. I'm a bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sorry, dude. So let's let's get into these serpent civilizations of Ermaruka. Okay, just remember that name. When you you go north to south, let's start let's start in North America. You see these the indigenous cultures had built these serpent mounds all over the place. Okay, serpent mounds, right? Yes. And then as you as you head south, as you head south, you get into the you first get into the Maya. Well, you get into the Aztec and then the Maya, and you see, okay, so the Aztec were were worshiping this this serpent god named Quetzalcoatl, and the Aztec were worshiping this serpent god named Kukulkan, right? And you start being, like, well, wait a minute, maybe that's the same influence. Maybe that's the same influence that happened long ago. And we're and I want to I want to connect on on how that on how that relates to all of these things. In remember, I was mentioning how these pre-dynastic pre-dynastic Egypt, the pyramids and all these ancient structures were actually built much, much longer than we're being told. So what that means is who were those builders, right? Who were they? Those builders that built the pyramids of, of Egypt and, and started those civilizations, which was called Chem long ago, those are the same priests and masons and, and um like some of these Egyptian influences of wisdom like Thoth, they're the same ones who then came over to the Americas and started all of those serpent civilizations. And the name Chem, that's where we get that's where we get chemistry and alchemy. Those are, I mean, that's, that, right. that's the root yeah. word for chem. That's right. So the the word alchemy, which means using you can manipulate the world around you, it even gets down into understanding ancient magic, believe it or not, even though a lot of people don't believe that's real. But that represents the ability to manipulate your environment. And those those ancient ancient teachers back then were masters of their reality. And so the they they the first place they created after the destruction had destroyed places like Atlantis, which I encourage people to really look into, it the, those those cultures, those masons and priests, high priests that left Atlantis, the first place they went was Egypt. And they created the culture known as Chem. Now, Jeff just pointed out the word Chem is the root word that it that became alchemy, alchem. Oh In my fact, God. it was it was not just called Chem. Another word for it was alchem. I mean, it doesn't get any closer than that, right? Alchemy. Right. Yeah. So that's where it all began. Yeah. And that goes back to Matrix stuff. If you can manipulate your reality. Remember, like, there's no rules. The there rule is, is to your there brain. There is no spoon, baby. There is no spoon. Yeah, exactly. I, dude, that, listen, that's, man. that's it. That's what. Here's that the thing. Is. Here's my opinion, man. Is like <clears throat> you can completely control your reality. Yes, I can't fly. Okay, I can't fly, but I can control and manipulate a lot of shit. 
And, you know, going back to Matt's first appearance about the lizard people, okay, and how, like, the bloodlines and these Anunnaki's pick. So they're all the ruling class. So you're like, I want to be president. Well, that might be out of your ability because, you you know, the Anunnaki and stuff like that. But, like, you can control a lot of your life with a certain way of seeing and acting and believing and there is no reality. There's only perception. And your perception determines what you think your reality is. You know the... Um, well, and that, exactly. goes to, that goes to the heart of kind of what we're talking about, why they do this, what you just articulated. So they have to create these narratives to basically have you live in fear. Yep. Except this certain individual is your begotten son or your damn to eternal damnation and fire and all that other shit, as opposed to embracing what you just said. Yep. Hold on, Matt, real quick, uh, XG. You know the temple, the one that has the serpent when it's the equinox? The mine yeah, one? Yeah, you, you can find a picture of that on the, on the website I was telling you about. Yes. That's called Kukulkan's Temple yeah. in, the, in the Mayan city of... Yeah, What's so it called? You see that yeah. serpent that goes right there? That only happens with the equinox shows up, which is maybe like everyone, oh, wow. I think. Really? So, so oh. that's, that's called Kukulkan's Temple, and that represents the Temple of Ascension. Each level represents a, a higher level of human consciousness. So okay. let's organize a field trip, guys. So let's get a shit ton of us and go there that. on that day. So, but what you're saying is that the Aztecs or the Mayans had nothing to do with that. You're saying that that's no. So, so the what we what we think of as a Maya, that structure you can see right there. If you look really closely at the whole structure, you can see that at the very bottom, there's some there's some of the stones are are much much larger than the others, much much larger. They're, and they're more and they're and they're more precisely designed. Um, compared to the other cobble that's around them. And, and that represents the, you can call them the pre-Maya, the original civilization that was here when Kukukan was was influencing them, okay? Wow. Now, I, okay, so, so I got into, let me get into the proof behind who these influences were. They're not just like some... Oh, some spirit of nature that oh they were they were worshiping and it doesn't really matter because it's not really connected to anything. That's absolutely not the case. Remember, we were saying these pyramid priests and these masons that had left Egypt at the very beginning, like what we call Here, it was called Pem after please. they built the pyramids. Okay, go on. Yeah. They traveled over to Mexico and created all these civilizations. And where's the evidence behind that? If you pull up an Olmec. Olmec head right now, XG. Pull up the an Olmec head statue, Can and you'll you see that? clearly that's, I, an, that's an African. Oh shit, That's an African XG. face. Okay. And what that that shows you is that is that that's Egypt is in Africa. See, as they came over, they traveled west and they brought some of these cultures of of the of Africa with them. Those are those are African representations of the Olmec people. Okay, that's As what did they Thoth, right? Didn't Thoth come over to, to the that's west, right. west so, and write emerald tablets? And so that's what I'm, I'm going to get into. So when you ask the indigenous people of the Maya and the Aztec and the Inca, including so so who when they say, OK, well, who was this god Kukukan? Who was this god Quetzalcoatl? Who was this god Viracocha? Every single time the indigenous people said and they described it as this elderly, tall man with a long beard. And if you look up, if you look up the indigenous cultures in that region, they can't grow facial hair. What? So it's proof. You they, they can't grow facial hair. It's just it's, it's a it's a trait they have. Um, they don't have beards. What, they so Asian? they prove that 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 influence came from elsewhere. 
Okay, which is why we're going to get into how Cortez was able to conquer the Aztec, because they were confused about whether or not he was one of these returning gods. Okay, Mm. yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Right. Because it's like like 300 conquerors. Let him in into an empire of Aztecs of yeah, warriors that like savage people. Because they thought he was a god. They thought he was, was Quetzalcoatl that was supposed to come ah, and save him. Yeah. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay. okay. Pump the brakes, sexy. Like pump <laughs> the brake. God damn it. Okay. And, and so, so getting back into this, in this Atlantean connection with Egypt, I want to point this out. And this, this is something that's going to blow people's minds. In, the, in, in, in Mexico... Okay, one of the Aztec sites known as Tula, T-U-L-A, Mexico. They have these enormous statues in Tula, Mexico that are they're literally called the Atlantean warriors. That's what that's what the statues were, because what happened there they are right there. Okay, what what essentially they're they're the guardians because they Thoth coming out of Egypt. He started the whole point behind Chem Egypt with the pyramids is they were trying to resurrect the Atlantis that have, that had been destroyed, the civilizations of Atlantis, okay? Oh and so when God. they came over, they founded early pre-dynastic Egypt, and they came through Africa, and they ended up in, in the Americas. They were trying to create a new Atlantis. That's also, in some ways, if you look at the designs behind Washington, D.C., and why there's an obelisk there in Washington, D.C., you can see that that's also what the founding fathers were trying to do, too. It's essentially the same thing. Okay, so those those Atlantean warriors represent this this attempt to restart and create these these grand civilizations of Atlantis, Is it and possible, they actually failed. That they were trying to summon the, the Anunnaki to come, because there's also that t- you know you watch Ancient Aliens, and I'm sure as and a, a man with the knowledge that you have, you're probably like, oh, these guys are killing me. They're such <laughs> idiots. Dude, this is such stupid stuff. But like their whole thing was that, like, if you see the way they they designed Washington D.C., supposedly that was supposed to be a signal to some sort of alien group, like, "Hey, we're we're cool, come hang out." A- any thoughts on that? Um, I actually think that it it represents what was called sacred geometry. So what these these masons and priests that came out of these civilizations that tried to create and start this new atlantis there were the masons were all about sacred geometry and creating perfect structures that harmonize with these energy ley lines like we talked about okay it's all about energy it's all about higher consciousness wisdom and energy that's what this is all about okay so when you now when you go to places like when you go to chichen itza which is where kubakon's temple is You find in these certain areas out away from the crowds. I was there doing some research. You find this place called the platform of the Eagles and Jaguars. Okay. And on that, that little, that little ruin, you find the, the serpent symbology everywhere. Symbolism covering it with this, you know, these Kukulkan images, but you also see the Eagle and the Eagle isn't providing knowledge. It's actually eating a human heart representing blood sacrifice and corruption okay fuck so, eagles some get now along and they go how were these ancient civilizations if they were based on wisdom the serpent corrupted them the serpent corrupted them well uh, xg um on my on my page the stage of time i have an image showing that better 
which shows the the eagle um, eating the human heart. You can you can because you might not be able to find it looking at that. But so what you find when you look at that is it's telling a story. It's telling the story of what happened to these civilizations where they were first they were first given all this wisdom and knowledge by this these serpent gods, and then later they were corrupted. There it is, right there. Let's take a look at that for a second, okay? Can you, so that can you make it bigger that so represents the eagle, the eagle e- eating a human heart. Some even say it might represent the pineal gland, like eating knowledge and consuming it. As in, I've heard that one. As right to control these cultures, right? So the so you have all these serpents around and surrounding it, and then you have this center, this depiction of the eagle. Now at the same time, as these cultures were being corrupted, they they turned into warlike cultures and what did they call their warriors in, in the aztec they called them the eagle warriors okay it's it just keeps keeps wrapping around and connecting to all these things over and over again matt sh- should i punch eagle scouts in the face <laughs> right i mean they're assholes, you know, it's, right it's fuck you eagle scouts a lot of this kids stuff. Talk so many of the opposites but it's 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 pretty mind blowing, and you actually. I'm not go an eagle scout. You know what I am? Things. I'm a snake assassin, bitch. I like that I'm, one. I'm I sure like it's similar, similar to like what the Jesuits say, or you know, give me give me your kid for the first six or seven years, and I have them for life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most eagle scouts are raised with that symbology, meaning like Matt says, freedom and all that other stuff. So when they get older, it just becomes default mode, almost like like I said, dude, the, the young Catholic or Jesuit kids that they get a hold of at such a young age, and then mind fuck them, and then the rest of their life they're on fucking autopilot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's get into some of these timelines to understand. So before these conquistadors had come over to the Americas, these cultures had already been corrupted. They had already been corrupted by other influences. Two two different influences. One, remember what I said? They were not the original builders of these of these temples every, and every, everywhere. They had came later, and they didn't have the knowledge had already been largely lost. So they got desperate. And they and there was because there was a lot of changes to the climate going on. There was droughts. There was various things. They started actually trying to worship the uh, these eagle gods by using blood sacrifice to try to call them in, thinking that that was gonna that was gonna assist them because they had been they had already been corrupted by some of these influences. Okay, and there actually are under underworld beings connected to the Anunnaki, such as Nergal that the Maya have represented through this these various beings they call <clears throat> one of them was called God L. I encourage people to go look into God L of the Maya. Because all of a sudden you had these serpent gods and then you had these eagle gods that that corrupted them them through blood sacrifice and war. So when we're when we're looking at what corrupted these cultures, it's actually it was a two step process. They were already corrupted through blood sacrifice and, and becoming warlike and then they got conquered by these conquistadors from Spain who was flying the, the eagle flag on their crest far long way back in the day. Okay. And so it, it just keeps connecting back to, well, what is the real story of what happened between these cultures? Okay. And so um, we're going to jump ahead now to these famous dates that a lot of people have heard of, right? 1492, 1519 and 1532. Between those years, the Spanish were able to conquer the entire Americas from the north to the south. And they and, and 
one of the things we get taught in school was that the major reason why the indigenous cultures um, died off was because they got sick from different diseases that the Spanish brought, which is true. But it's being used as the scapegoat to explain and try to cover up the fact that they killed over 100,000 indigenous people. Some even think it could be as high as two, 300,000, if not more. Hundreds of thousands of indigenous people were literally murdered by these conquistadors and their armies when they were taking over these these regions, okay? So Which may from, not sound like a night lot now with six, seven billion people, but back then there was significantly less people in this area. Oh, yeah. What was the population? That's a great point, Jeffrey. What was the population probably of Earth at this time? Was it even a billion? Was it 500 no, million? God, no. Was it like, I no, mean, no. like. In, in fact, what we're about to go over to, to Noctilon, the, the, the city of the Aztec that, that Cortez conquered. Um, had one of the largest centers of population on the entire planet at the time. It had a population center of over 200,000 people. Back then, that was a very, very large city. Some think it could even have more well over that as well. So from so these, these Spanish conquistadors, they conquered from the Pueblo and Hopi of the southwest United States and then all the other indigenous cultures of, of North America – down through the Aztec, Maya, all the way to the Inca. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to break out the truth here based on evidence. And I highly encourage people to go look up anything that I'm talking about right now and, and verify it because we're being, we're being told in all in our history books that these conquistadors are the heroes because they, what, they found a land where there was these primitive, savage people and they, they, they made it so it's civilized and they helped all the people. But what they actually did was destroy all their cultures and just take over the land for themselves. And then what was even worse was they, they injected false information into their history to try to create these misconceptions, like with the Aztec and how they founded the city of Tenochtitlan and all these things. So when you look at what really happened – with them coming over and stealing all the rare artifacts and these sacred texts that connected all the way back to the very beginning, they essentially just plundered and stole it and, and then destroyed all these cultures, okay? So let's let's start in the beginning because people are going to love this. Columbus is, was, is one of these great heroes that were finally just realizing that, oh my God, he wasn't such a hero, was he? He's an and, asshole. And now <laughs> starting to call this Indigenous Day, right? And that guy's, I'm Italian, and I know. I'd rather spend, I'd rather celebrate Joe DiMaggio than celebrate fucking Columbus. He's an asshole. Fuck him and the clicky clans. Okay. Interesting, interesting who we make heroes out of in this country. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's, it is. It's, it's the upside down world. I mean, it is the upside down world. It is. Everything's inverted. So, like, what we were talking about before with St. Patrick and all these other heroes. Most of who we think are heroes are actually the villains, and the people that we demonize are the ones that were good. It's almost the complete opposite in, in many of these cases. Okay, no, so let's get let's open up our history books and let's <laughs> let's break open the truth and let's try to destroy all these misconceptions that we've been given. We're so we're told in 1492, Spain sent, which is true, obviously, but Spain sent this conquistador from the Eagle over to the Americas, and they, and they tell us it was simply because. They wanted to find a new trade route, yeah. you know, a new spice trade route to help Spain. Oh, let's get a new route so we don't have to go all the way around this long way. And that's what you're sent there for is just to find a new route. Except for when he came to the Americas, he never even made it as far as Mexico. 
if you're trying to find a Western trade route, what you're about to see completely proves the opposite. So in 1492, Columbus lands in what was the present day Bahamas. Okay, he was met by a very peaceful tribe actually called Lusayan people, who was a, a branch of the of the Taino tribe who lived in the Carib- the Caribbean islands. It was just peaceful people. Makes sense, right? It's a right. nice tropical place where there's plenty of food and, and, and water. They don't need to be to be um, warlike. There's no reason to. It's like hanging out at the beach all the time. They had so much seafood and, and so many resources that they were they were living the good life. And here comes Columbus. He lands on their shores. And I, I kid you not, go look this up. It'll blow your mind. The first thing he did, he met these Lusayan people. He walked up to them. You know, he, he introduced himself. And they were, of course, enamored because they'd never seen anyone like this before. And they weren't sure who he was and everything. The first thing that he did was he noticed that these these indigenous people of the Caribbean were wearing gold jewelry, gold jewelry around their neck, gold jewelry on their hands. And the first thing he did was take them and, and take them as slaves. And he forced them to tell them, tell him where they got the gold from. Okay. And so then, so Columbus takes all these, these print, these peaceful people and he forces them to tell them, take them all over the Caribbean to find where they found the gold. And Columbus ends up in Hispaniola, which is Cuba and the Dominican Republic over to Puerto Rico. Oh, this okay? guy. Because that area was the source of all the gold in the Caribbean. And it's, there still is mining that goes on there today. And so it was Columbus in Puerto Rico too. Puerto Rico was Puerto Rico as well. Yes. Yeah, so Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and Cuba. So those are the present day countries today. Have you guys heard that actually Puerto Rico is. Like the, where a lot of uh, the headquarters of banking is, and it's like super duper, like scandalous and shady as fuck, and <laughs> that's a big reason why, like a lot of these banks' headquarters or their addresses come out of Puerto Rico. Have you guys ever heard any of that? I haven't heard of that. Would offshore banking. Me, that's offshore banking, right? That's what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. where a lot of that shit is. Which fuck is yeah, now you know why there's gold there. It's the only one that's controlled, that's owned by the United States. That's why. Yeah, because they try to avoid taxes, so they, they put their yeah, money Yeah, I was going to say, Puerto Rico is still technically the U.S., so I'm, they're probably doing more Cayman Islands or whatever offshore. So if I moved to Puerto Rico, banking. I wouldn't have to pay taxes? If they're in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico's an American. I mean, you know, Puerto Rico's American. Sounds like so that we're moving American the show. <laughs> I don't know. We digress. <laughs> Go on, Matt. Sorry. I just Okay. So... Again, all we're told is that Columbus was trying to find this Western trade route, spice route for Spain, right? Except that he made three different trips. I don't know if people know this. So we, so he comes over, he goes to the Bahamas, and instead of just going just a little ways west past Cuba, oh, and be like, oh, wow, look, here's Mexico, and here's a, another entire area where it, it continues west so we could try to find a route. He never even made it to Mexico. He never even got there. He, he came to this region found all this gold and he never went anywhere else. He took, he took, what he did was he, he was not only acquiring gold, but he was acquiring slaves for the Spanish empire. So the three different times he went back to Spain, he came back with a ship full of these indigenous cultures from the Caribbean that he, they forcefully took as slaves. And what he was doing was he took the indigenous people of the region and he made them mine gold. And whereas I've seen figures something like 60 or 70 or 80 percent of all these indigenous cultures that were mining in these mines all died 
because the conditions were so severe and hot and and and, and um in, in incredibly uh, difficult to, to to work in that they were they essentially just worked until they they died and didn't have any water and so Columbus wow. would take other other uh, um other groups of as slaves back to Spain he would return again and keep mining these regions until the gold eventually started to dwindle and then what did they do well then they decided hey let's go conquer the rest of the americas and and that's exactly what they did because they knew what was there well we the misconception that we're being told is that they had no idea what any of that stuff was they knew that's why they sent these these soldiers of the church that's what Columbus, Cortez, and Pizarro were. They were soldiers. I mean, highly trained military soldiers that were able, that, that were very, very smart, that knew how to try to get around these cultures. Because look, if, if they had tried to attack something like the Aztec Empire without playing some very clever little tricks, they would have been decimated. We're talking about only a couple hundred people trying to take on 200,000 people and that's what we're going to get into right now and i think the story of cortez and, and the story of cortez and pizarro was potentially even worse than columbus if you can try to wrap your head around that okay mm. and remember these were all these ancient serpent civilizations that have been influenced by these serpent gods before and so this was in many ways the eagle conquering the serpent civilizations so in 1519 cortez another one of these spanish soldiers her, his name was Han, Hernan Cortez. He landed on the shores of Mexico and near the present day um, town of Veracruz. And Cortez is tasked with trying to conquer the entire Aztec Empire. And he knows very well the difficulties involved in that. Okay, they're a, they're a warring culture at this point who is much, much more in a completely different situation than these peaceful Caribbean tribes. Nowhere in the same level. And so what he did was... And, and this is this is amazing. It's some of these things that's kept out of the history books. Cortez knows that he's the people he's the soldiers he's with this this group that he's leading with him. They're they're very very nervous. They know that what they're about to do might lead to their deaths. And they and so what he does is instead of having a potential mutiny, because remember they're on the other side of the world, very isolated from Spain. They're on, they're on their own. There are there are establishments in Cuba. But it's in many ways, they're still a long way from there. It's because they're in Mexico and they're on their own. So what did he do to prevent any of these soldiers from leaving? He deliberately stra stranded all his boats and, and, and destroyed them so they couldn't yeah. sail back. Oh, my he actually, God. He I heard actually that. That's crazy. destroyed all of his own <laughs> ships to prevent his own soldiers from, from mutiny, from, being, from doing a mutiny and then trying to leave and go back to Cuba. Isn't that crazy? That is, that's like that's like some Hitler insanity. It's insanity, shit. isn't it? It's insanity. People that was after the second time they came back, though, because the first time they took a bunch of gold back. Really? Yeah. You no, know that, this is when he had first. This is when he had first discovered. So the, the the gold that Columbus had taken from this region. Remember, he had already established Cuba and Hispaniola. So yes, when Cortez first came here. They already had these um, established colonies in Cuba and Hispaniola. That was already there. So they were having like these base camps essentially in those places. Yes. So they were already mining gold in those areas, but they hadn't conquered Mexico yet. And that was Cortez's job from the Spanish Empire. They had tasked him with conquering these 
these powerful um, serpent civilizations that still rule, rule this area. Okay, so he deliberately crashes all of his boats, and he mm-hmm. he falsely tells the men it's because they had had they had all had some. Um, problem where the wood was rotted and they had some insect that was destroying them. He, he created this lie essentially because he didn't, he wasn't going to tell them why he really Matt, crashed all their boats. Yeah. Matt, would you say this would be a false flag? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. He, he, he created a false flag for his own people to force them into his delusional conquering mentality that he was, that he was trying to take on. Wow. Okay. So, so this is now, this is what's really interesting. When Cortez landed in 1519, it was precisely the same date that the Aztec had been told mm-hmm. that their god was going to return. What? Which means that it means that the Spanish had already known that. They already knew that, and they set this up deliberately so that they could have Cortez play the role as, as some god so that they would be all confused. And that's exactly what happened. Imagine Cortez and his army... Dude, imagine how confusing it is. You're an Indian in an island, like basically like in Mexico, indigenous island, and these boats come in. With, you're with, expecting something. Yeah, with yeah, but you assume they're gods because they have horses, yeah, they yeah, have yeah, boats, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. guns. You're like, yo, these yeah. are aliens yeah. or gods yeah, or yeah, some yeah, bullshit yeah. like that. So I could see how you're like, oh, come in, yeah, come dude. in, come in, have all my gold, have all this stuff. And they, oh, they literally God. let him in like on nothing. The date, on the date that you're expecting him on to return? On the like, date, yep. dude. What a coincidence. On the date, dude. It's amazing, right? So he, he lands and so because of this, the Aztec are all all happy and they yep. embrace him. They open their arms up to him. And the head of the Aztec's name was Moctezuma. He meets Cortez. And what Cortez does is he captures Moctezuma. Okay, he holds him hostage and he forces him to allow his his party to essentially invade inland to get inland because what they had to do was they had to conquer the Aztec capital city of Tenochtitlan, which was built in the shallow lake of Texacoco oh in in Mexico. And it wasn't okay, so, and it wasn't only the three hundred the three hundred um Europeans. They gathered all the other smaller tribes that were that the Aztecs would fuck with and bullied them, and he got them all together. So he gathered all of them up and said, "Let's go get the Aztecs." Yeah. So it wasn't only the Europeans. Cortez oh, was really? smell. Cortez yeah, was smart. Right. He yeah. like got them together. Right Probably smelled too. <laughs> these cultures had already been corrupted through blood sacrifice and and war. Long, long before, hundreds of years before, they had already been corrupted. So what was happening is the Aztec Empire and even the Mayas were actually sacrificing people on a daily basis, sometimes by the hundreds, if not thousands. What? They were ripping their hearts out. They were ripping their hearts out and doing blood sacrifice, okay? Because they had already been corrupted. They were all confused. They were desperately waiting for their god to come back. So when Cortez landed the same day, they thought he was this returning Kukulkan Quetzalcoatl. And obviously he wasn't. So what So what happened is you have this Aztec empire that's already riddled with corruption. And there's other indigenous cultures around the Aztec that do not like what they're doing. Okay, and so Cortez was extremely smart. He knew this. So he banded with these other indigenous cultures and had them fight his war for him. That's what he did. 
by convincing them that he was the good guy, whereas they were actually selling themselves out to evil oh, to destroy yeah. another another corrupted culture that had already gone down a dark road. I will fully acknowledge that. The legacy of the serpent and dragon from long ago from these wisdom bringers had already been largely lost. These cultures were had just turned into warring empires at that point. And the Maya were already actually mostly gone due to primarily um, climate changes at the time. Okay, so Cortez marches inland with this army, right, with these other indigenous cultures. And he reaches this capital city of Tenochtitlan with very little resistance. Now, imagine this. The, the largest city in the entire empire, 200,000 people at least living there, is on an island. And the, and the island has these land bridges that's on this lake. These land, and there's only a several, there's only a couple of these different land bridges that connect to land. So what did Cortez do? Well, he was smart. He's not going to just invade Tenochtitlan like an idiot. He simply just blocked off the land bridges, prevented any food and water to get in, it slaughtered all the soldiers that were guarding it, and he led all the people, the women and children, and the other people that were in Tenochtitlan to starve to death and, and, and run out of water. So you got to imagine old school siege, old school siege methodology imagine, right there. Yeah, imagine oh. thousands and thousands of people starving to death and running out of water in in the heat down in Mexico. You know that's that's hitting a hundred degrees. It it's really really sad. They 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 essentially blocked it off once the people had all starved and um and and, and were dying. He then marched in and just slaughtered them all slaughtered them like you wouldn't believe you think of you have an army of 200 men that slaughter thousands thousands and he only suffered um i think like one or two, one casualty or, or even none that's what we're talking about when we're talking about this complete takeover and slaughter of the aztec people and because moctezuma had made an, an agreement with cortez and they were in this pact Cortez then what did he do after he after he had conquered this region killed Montezuma he convinced he convinced go ahead did he kill Montezuma how sad is it Montezuma's legacy is that if you drink water in Tijuana you get the shit like that's so well, it's 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 not only it's not it's actually not even that what they were actually a lot smarter than that and you see this all around the world even today instead of just killing them all off they put in puppet dictators in to rule that even were even worse than the previous rulers to rule over them in their name. So it's like we see in a lot of these places around the world where we, we put what in we're our doing own dictators. Now. What we we're go, doing now. Look at this terrible country that we need to go fight with war. And <laughs> it's all just this game. It's all this, this disillusion to perceive that there's this bad guy and a good guy when really it's just the one side controlling both. Okay. Same, same fucking playbook, man. Same playbook. Yeah. They were very smart. So they, when they did that, so now this is, so what did they do? They conquered Tenochtitlan. They destroyed the entire city. They filled it in and then they, they built Mexico city right on top of it. So present day Mexico city today is built on the ashes and ruins of the Aztec empire. And so now if you, if you go to Mexico city, you'll see all their, there's, you know, the symbol of the eagle grabbing the serpent and conquering it. And what do you have? The Catholic Church rising up over all the ashes of what they destroyed long before converting all the people to Catholicism and then taking away all their original um, original um, belief systems and, and forcing them to have their own. OK, 
And and that's what happened to that's what happened to the Aztec and then these other other Spanish conquistadors corruption took over North America up through the you know through the United States and you just saw this it's like a domino effect they just kept conquering one civilization in the Americas after another until all we all we're left with is this grand empire of South America okay so when Cortez is in Mexico and he conquered the Aztec he was thinking to himself wow i did not find all this gold and riches that i had thought i was going to find why well mexico did have some gold and silver but nowhere near the gold that was in that was in south america south america was the source of all of this gold that was making its way up into central america because there was an ancient trade route that used to go from mexico all the way down to south america way before these conquistadors had gone there so they were trading inca gold all the way up into mexico okay so he so he cortez finds that he finds people that are that know about this ancient um, trading route and they, and he goes back and he tells spain okay hey this is where it's all coming from it's coming from the inca so what does spain do well just a few years later in 1531 they sent another soldier Another one just as good as Cortez in terms of being trained with all these tactics in war, whose name was Francisco Pizarro. Okay, and that's not everybody knows that one. It's not quite as famous as Cortez in Columbus, but it was just as bad. So Columbus in 15th and uh, Pizarro in 1531, he lands on the shores of Ecuador and he moves inland into uh, what is modern today Peru. And he, he was joined by a group of only 200 men. And remember, just like the Aztec, we're talking about a massive empire, okay? But like I mentioned in the previous show, what we think of as the Inca today, these Inca leaders were just the remnants of the ancestors of what was what was existed in that those empires long before. So these these rulers of the Inca, they're all that's left of the of the original Inca before more of these other indigenous people moved in and became part of what we just lumped together this one term. Yeah. When it's really um, a multitude, just like all the Americas, it's a multitude of a stepping stone of other cultures that came after that tried to imitate them. And, and But they really didn't have anywhere near the sophistication. So so, so the Inca empires are already in, in trouble because most of their ancient ancestors have died off and they only have one or two left of these ancient rulers. And one of them is named, was named Atahuapa. Okay? And that was the ruler of the Inca. So Pizarro and this group of 200 men, including cavalry and horses, they moved inland into Peru where they were met by this Inca leader named Atahuapa. Now, so Atahuapa meets with – his name is Atahuapa. It's, a, it's A-T-A-H-U-A-L-P-A, Atahualpa. So Atahualpa meets with, um, with Pizarro, okay, in this, this city called um, – in, in, in Western Peru, okay, he meets with him and they're talking and he and, and Pizarro tries to convert him to Christianity. Oh. And um, the, the what he says to him, and this is, I quote, Atahualpa says to him, the head of the Inca, he says, I will be no man's tributary. And he refuses Pizarro's request. So he does. He's not playing along like Moctezuma was. He's not playing along that he's not playing that game. He's, he rejects him and says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to corrupt my morals and do that. And so what happens? Well, the, the, um, in 
1532, November 16th, um, this famous battle occurred where Pizarro and his men brutally attacked Atahualpa with all of his consorts, okay? Now, this is what they did. They knew that the people had never seen these big horses, these war horses they had. So he had an idea. He put bells on the front of the horses so that when they rode, they would ring this loud bell and it completely freaked out the Inca. They had they oh didn't they didn't God. understand there was gunfire, there was all this stuff going on, and they slaughtered the Inca, even oh worse than the Aztec. God. Because in this in this case, in this case, the Aztec in many ways were fighting um, Cortez, but the Inca most of them, thousands of them he slaughtered, were actually unarmed consorts of Atahualpa. So he said, if you're not going to play our game, we're going to essentially just wipe you out. And that's exactly what they did. They wiped out all of his consorts that were they were going with this Inca leader because they were carrying him on like this, this large um, chair where they were carrying him around because he was their great leader. They essentially killed all the people protecting him and they took him hostage. They took the Inca leader hostage and they told the Inca people, if you do not fill an entire building full of gold, we'll execute your great leader. Okay. And so what happened? The Inca, they're frantic because it's their great leader and everything's falling apart because they have no one leading them. So they, they were frantic. So what do they do? They filled an entire building up with gold. I mean, we're talking about what would, what would today be millions of dollars with the gold. They filled up this whole room, right? And then what, what did Pizarro do? Right after he got that request, he killed the leader, Atahualpa. Oh. He killed him right in front of the Inca. You knew that was coming. Execute. You knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. You know, like, just I'd be like, fuck you, you're going to kill right? him anyways. Where the, where the villain at the end takes a gun and just shoots the guy that he was saying he was going to let go. Just, just like that. Such he piece, executes yeah. him right in front of the Inca. Because he knew that it would cause them to collapse, just like it caused the Aztec to fall apart without their leader, too. God so, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> so so uh, Pizarro, Pizarro then tramples through the Inca because they have no one leading them. And they just go through and they destroy. And within only a, several, and only a couple of years, they conquered the entire Inca Empire. It, oh it completely God. collapsed so from, from the north to the south. From the Hopi and Pueblo and all the, the civilizations of the Americas, down through the Aztec, the Maya, down into the Inca, they systematically conquered all of these serpent, ancient serpent civilizations. These ancient cultures that, that go back all the way to the beginning of when um, these, you know, these high priests from Egypt had gone over and tried to create these civilizations based on knowledge and higher wisdom, and they conquered and destroyed them. And they brought. And doesn't it basically go back to like your previous episode, Enlil versus Inky, in that kind of the root of, you know, the serpent versus snake battle. Yeah, the there's co- this, the there's cosmic this war, etc. Ancient hierarchy. That's right. Jeffrey's talking about this ancient hierarchy system that goes all the way back to well, who were these gods? Who were these influences from long ago? And do those do or do those influences have um, have a place here? And they do. It goes all the way back to you know these wisdom bringers that tried to help human man- mankind reach higher states of consciousness, where this other side represented through the eagle and Enlil and others wanted mankind to be dumbed down and kept in our lowest state. And it's been going back and forth over and over again because there's been so much conflict in um, in the heavens, as above, so below, right? All the 
all the conflict that's occurring in dimensions above and below us is being manifested into this third dimension with this chaos that's occurring everywhere. Okay. And so that's why this, this, the flag of Mexico is the symbol of the eagle conquering these. It is the ultimate symbol. God dang it, dude. It's crazy real quick. Cause we got to wrap it up. Um, we're running out of time. I know. Well, it sounds like part four is coming. It's coming. Sounds like part four is coming. We'll (laughs) schedule that for the end of May. We'll bang that one out too, dude, because we ain't afraid. Where can we find this ancient knowledge? Is it out there? Do we know what it is or is it gone? It's, it's there. You just have to know where to look and you can't be um, misled by a lot of the deceptions that have come. So use, use evidence to actually base everything you're doing. This a lot of this information is is very very well laid out in the new book that I'm trying to finish right now called The Stage of Time that's going to be out this summer and it basically goes over all of these ancient civilizations what destroyed them who these gods were controlling mankind what the gnostics thought what the what ancient what was in ancient Egypt and then the conquistadors of the Americas it lays out all the evidence to prove and show you what the real history that's that's occurred here, and not just this polarized version that we're given in this this biased well, I mean, it, it, on school. Uh, that, that ancient stuff that you always talk about, you know, the Library of Ashurbanipal, the Enuma Elish, yeah. the Adrahasis. I mean, there's so you know the Sumerian kings list that you guys have talked about. I mean, this goes back so far, and it's and like you've even said, and it's you know some so much of that is still untranslated in the Vatican, and just the little bit we have uh, gives us so much knowledge, man. That's so right, info. guys. That's right. Gonna, um, if, go on. Yep. Map. Um, it's just like Jeffrey was saying. It's um, it's you know, if we really truly cared about ancient history and ancient knowledge and understanding all of this, we wouldn't have the majority of all the cuneiform tablets, which was the earliest known writings from these civilizations. We wouldn't have the most of them still untranslated today. Like they don't even care. They don't. They don't even care. Well, they, they care enough they to hide it. That's they why say. they care. They do care. They care that we don't. They want us not to hear it because it destroys right. their yeah. entire power base situation. Like these motherfuckers yeah, flipping it. out about this fucking church burning. I'm like, dude, they fuck kids, man. Burn them all down. Every time we find out they fuck a kid, we burn <laughs> one of their fucking churches down. That's the new rule. You fucking My kid, dude. we burn your church My down. Dude. That's the rule. <laughs> these fucking people feeling bad for them. They fuck kids, man. That's our power sources. We burn them all, man. At some point, we're going to stop fighting with each other. These mosques getting attacked. These fucking synagogues getting attacked. These churches getting attacked. This is all scripted lizard people shit. And when you. Like you were saying before, Matt, about about, uh, how DC was laid out, man. There is energy in the mathematics of how these things were built, the geometry of the structures, the architecture. There is energy in that. And I'm not going as far as Sam is going, but I I feel what you're saying, man. You got to. We we definitely have to keep it one hundred. Like all wow, of them, all of a burn all of them, burn all okay the churches. With, well, whatever, that's a whole other conversation. At least do yeah. dick doodles, dude. You're right, Jeffrey. Dick doodles. It was it was about how do you how do you create a certain kind of energy? You know, if you create war all over the planet, you have this fear mentality of people being kept in this certain state. Well, there you see this correlation that just keeps happening over and over again. It's about how to keep people in a certain state of consciousness and energy, keep them in their lowest state. So they can be obedient workers that are not going to question anything. And then if they do question it, someone like me comes along. Most of them, if they're in a certain state of consciousness that haven't done any research, they're just going to re- reject this. It's too yep. difficult. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what he's talking about, right? It's crazy. 
they're just going to reject it and move along. Whereas if you actually sit down, look at the evidence and you start reading into all these ancient history, you get your, you have your mind blown, right? Just like Sam, Sam Love when we were ending it, these, these early, these early founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin wanted a turkey instead of the eagle. One of the original flags was a Gatson flag showing a serpent. Here we have all of these, these, these attempts and these, and this information that shows that they didn't want our, our, the founding fathers didn't want this country to be corrupted by the eagle, but eventually it did. And that's why we became the warring empire that we are today. Fuck it. Hey guys, this has been great. Please tell me your, where we can find you guys on the internet. Uh, okay. Thank you, man. Okay. I appreciate you guys, Sam. Always much love. Nice to meet you, uh, G. And Matthew, as always, brother, another slice of just amazing business there. Um, our new website is going to be dropping any day now, www.theconspiracyfarm.com. Patrick could not be here tonight. He is on daddy duty. But, um, yeah, I love you guys, man. Just keep killing it, man. We Each one, teach one, dude. Each United one. We Stand Up this song, bitch. There you go. Boom. Matt, where can they find you? Um. Check out, I have a lot of videos I've done. Check out my YouTube channel at Matthew LaCroix, L-A-C-R-O-I-X. And then I also have a website with a lot of ancient text translations, information, pictures, and details on uh, the latest book at thestageoftime.com. All right, man. Guys, this was uh, glorious. We'll set up state number four sooner than later. Jeffrey, always a pleasure. Matthew, always a pleasure. Uh, And we'll see you guys on the other side. Until then, be kind to each other. Do three nice things to everybody. Learn the rules of the Ronin, and we'll do this again. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you for everybody. Peace, homie.